How are you, man? It's been such a long time. Uh, I've been okay. Yeah, it's been a few years actually that we've actually seen yeah, each other. Exactly, exactly. Two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. It's... Yeah, I was, I was listening last night to the Stone Revivals one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that it was, was really funny. Yeah. That was crazy. It was, it was, it was fun. Like, it was fun. Like I said, yeah. that was one whole Spinal Tap moment. It's just, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just like, what the hell is going on? Halfway through? <laughs> yeah. who, who, who is there in your background? Is that Samantha? Oh, no, that's Wish. It's oh, Wish? Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. Why she oh, looks so different? I recognize yeah, her yeah. at all. Oh my god. How do okay. I change that? Oh, I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> I think I said it as my as my background uh last time when I was on a Zoom call with her. Ah oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Just to make her feel uncomfortable. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's very, very cool. <laughs> I still remember yeah. the first time meeting you. I think it was at Mixer. I think yeah, it was when you first mix- uh, the first uh, time you got you just got back from 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 Canada, Canada. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and I remember sitting out on the rooftop smoking and drinking as we discussed what can be done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your famous advice is just just play la. and I'm like really I said I want to try to make the sound more co- yeah just go ahead and just do what you think is right and then I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, your pen was recording at that time also at Mix Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, it was one of the first few bands that I worked with also. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. What okay. band is this? AWOL? AWOL, yeah, yeah. AWOL, oh, yeah, AWOL. Maybe yeah. what you can do is just... Just release it, uh, put it on Spotify or what. And then, you know, at least yeah. it's there, then then yeah. it's the part of history, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. okay. La. I'll see yeah. how. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Lion City Rock, the first ever music podcast about Singapore's local music scene, the pop scene, the rock scene, and every, every scene that you can think <laughs> of, I think. We're just going to claim that, we don't care. Um, <laughs> and uh, today, today's episode, we're going to talk to a person who I guess is, is seriously one of the main figures of the local music scene. Yep. Um, I'm just going to read out very, very quickly a few, a few different descriptors of him. He is amazing, a true professional, the only sound person people want to work with. He is quite simply the best, like Tina Turner. Uh, <laughs> this guy, this guy has, has worked with so many different bands through the years. Um, yeah, we, we can start from the 90s with bands like Force Formid all the way through yeah. the 2000s with bands like what would be the biggest band electrical perhaps uh he, yeah you know, he's worked with so many different other bands since then um people like uh, uh charlie right was charlie recorded uh charlie was one yeah yeah, yeah. so charlie Lim and all that but yeah okay like, enough enough of me talking let's just introduce the guy and get him on mr leonard suse Hi guys, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a few years since we last met. Uh, a few years since we last spoke. Also, 
yeah, man. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's been a long time yeah. since we rocked and rolled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm Leonard. I studio call. <laughs> studio call Stingy. Yeah, it has been around for. 21 years. Right. Wow. Wow. Has it been? Wow. Yeah, 21 okay. years. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize This year that, will, be, will be our 22nd. Oh, wow. uh, okay. So, well, mm-hmm. 2000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, actually, we started as a bedroom record label in 1997. And our first two signings were Augury and Neural Vibe. I think this wow, was right. one of your other podcasts with... Uh, first format. I think you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah. So it was a bedroom record. Uh, uh record label. Uh, we signed those two bands because they were the bands that were recording at Mix Studios where I was mm. working. Mm. Um, I worked there for about a year and a mm. half, and then after that, I left and I joined this other uh, studio called the Mastering right. Suite. Right. I was there for one year and then uh, my best friend at that time said, you know, like, why don't you open your own studio? And I was thinking about it and I said, oh, I don't have the capital to open a, a, <laughs> a, a, you know, a proper recording studio. Then he said, don't worry about it. I'll give you the money. Wow. So his name is Michael B. Uh, yeah, for the longest time, he couldn't couldn't put out his name because he was the... Uh, he was the CEO of the Pailiba Air Force Air Base. So, yeah, so okay. being okay. in the Air Force. Uh, yeah, yeah, cannot, cannot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we just knew him as Michael B. But then now he's left the Air Force and he's moved to Canada. So I guess we can say that it is Michael Bogas. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so Michael Bogas, uh, myself, Brian Colasso, and Andrew Lim were in a band called Breaking mm. Glass. Mm. Back in the eighties, yes. uh, so so this was at a time when um, uh, Zakon Lounge was mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Lee was also doing music, and um, um, you know there were just a handful, just a very small handful of uh, local Singapore acts that was that were playing, you know, playing live, playing in pubs and stuff. Uh, <clears throat> we were actually a school band. The three of them were from CJ, CJC. Mm, Um, I was from TJ. Mm. Um, um, I was roped in because I owned um, a Yamaha DX7 keyboard at that time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's that's like the keyboard to have, right? The DX7. (laughs) Yeah. So in the 70s, I mean, in the 80s, the DX7 was the shit. I mean, if you own the DX7, every, you know, uh, it it was used in like, 90% 90% of the yeah, records yeah. they were produced exactly. at that time. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I owned a, that keyboard and because of that, they invited me to join the band. And um, we were an um, electro new wave band in the 80s, which made us quite cool because uh, uh, the girls at that time were, you know, <laughs> listening, to, <laughs> listening to music from Depeche Mode, The Cure, you yes, know, all the 80s yes, new wave yes. stuff. Yeah, so, so we were semi-popular among the school circuit, but, but not in the, the, the scene. Right. Uh, not as big as Dick Lee or, or Zircon. I think I saw you guys on uh, TV, but, right? Back in the day, no? I don't think they played on TV. Maybe maybe it was a snippet or maybe 
something to do with NUS. Uh, but uh, uh, I was in the band for a short time. Oh, okay. Then I left for okay, Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had uh, a change of members very regularly la, because sometimes, you know, you got band politics and then this fellow like this girl. <laughs> then, the, <laughs> then the girl like another person in the band and because yeah. of that got tension and then, you know, uh, yeah. band members have to leave. It's Fleetwood Mac all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, so... So uh, the band continued. I left for Canada, and mm. then uh, Brian left the band, and he became uh, naked. So he released, yeah, he released. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he released a song called uh, uh, "Don't Cry," Don't Cry which was a, yeah, which was a very yes, big huge, hit huge. at that time. Yeah, and then the other members uh, uh, left the left the band also and then they formed uh, Morpheus Dream. Oh, right. Which is, okay. uh, yeah, okay. which is like a rock, uh, 80s rock kind of band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Andrew left the band and then he was in Canada studying with me. Right, right. So, uh, so that was the end of Breaking mm-hmm. Glass. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm. that's, a, that's a really, mm. that's an obscure bit of S music history, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then I I remember we used to go to Mincourt Hotel because the Gone Lounge was right. playing there, and yeah, in the basement. Um, I can't remember the name of the 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 pub, but we used to go and watch Chris O play, and and you know at that time he was a very very big inspiration. Mm, of yeah, yeah, because yeah, his music was was very cutting edge for yep, its yep, time. Yep. You know, and uh, yeah, we really really liked his songs, and yeah, I mean his band lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also because of the the type of music that we were playing, uh, it wasn't the the normal top forty sentimental yep. commercial stuff <laughs> yep. that Singaporeans were listening to. So so yeah. we didn't get much uh, uh, media coverage or airplay yep. uh, yep. at that time. Right. And then you you had to write like like really sappy yep. love songs to to be able to <laughs> play on radio. Yeah. Uh, 80s, yeah, very, tough. 80s uh, very tough. 80s very tough. 80s. Wow. Yeah, very tough. But I remember like Tokyo Square had that song. Mm. Oh, within you remain. Yeah, that was also yeah. a big hit. But, but uh, you know, that was a very watered down Tokyo Square because we see them live. It's, they're more energetic. But then because, you know, for, for commercial <laughs> yeah, purposes, they had to, commercial purposes, they had to, you know, tone down and write this sweet sentimental yeah, yeah, yeah. love song. Yeah. Roses is the other one, la, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, very yeah. very. It is. Uh, but also very funnily, different from. Yeah. Finally, yeah. like 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 the radio still plays like you know like within yes. your remain, mm-hmm. and you know it's it still has that magic yeah. like still yeah. has that that nostalgia and that spark and it's still relevant in today's society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, <laughs> yeah, and um. Yeah, so so mm. after the eighties, I was in Canada for a while, um, for nine years. Wow! wow. Yeah, nine years okay. exactly. Yeah. So you're studying there all that time, or? Uh, yeah, I I went to Canada to actually study economics. Oh, okay. Then, okay. Um, um, in my last year of uni, I quit, <laughs> quit school because because. 
I really wanted to do sure, music, sure. you know, to, to okay. learn about producing and engineering because that was uh, my passion. Yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah. So I quietly left school and I joined a music school and and um, uh, did music production without telling my which, parents. Which, which part? My parents which still... part, Canada? Which part, Canada? Were you in? <laughs> I was Toronto, in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, when my parents found <laughs> out, I mean, of course, they were very, very angry with me. But then, uh, you know, the, the son being away for so long, you know, they felt uh, at least must still send him money and support him. <laughs> la. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, yeah, so after I finished music school, it was the recession in North America. Mm. So yeah. it was really, really bad. And then there were a lot of... Uh, 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 people being unemployed mm. and then it was hard for me to find a job also there uh, mm. but what I could do was I could I own this uh, six track tape recorder mm. and then I would go yeah. to like jamming rooms or rehearsal rooms and then I see bands playing and then I just ask them if it was okay to record their rehearsals and then I'll give them a cassette tape after the session right and right. that yeah so that was how I actually honed my skills oh, okay. la. Like, like, you know, just, just working, uh, just recording as many bands as I could. Uh, and it was also the time where uh, there was a shift in the, the genre mm. of music. Because uh, when I was going to school, uh, the glam rock bands were very mm. big. Then came Nirvana. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. so Nirvana changed the whole scene and the whole uh, industry. And then every band was trying to play grunge mm. at that time. So... Yeah, so that was where I learned about uh, how to record electric guitars. And then Steve Albini was my like hero mm. and idol. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like, yeah, he was doing all the, the really cool shit at that yes. time. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I got to work with a lot of uh, very young Canadian bands who were uh, uh, king up grunge at that time. Okay. Yeah. Then... Sorry, was this when you were still studying or you finished school already? Uh, finished already, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Then uh, when I came back to Singapore, uh, uh, I also realized that, that we had a very, very big, vibrant underground scene. But, mm. you know, like, like you didn't hear all these bands on yeah. radio. Uh. <laughs> then I was very, very surprised because, I, you know, like the radio in Canada played played alternative rock, you know, mm. and it was, it was like, like you could hear more um, um, alternative music there. But then when I came back to Singapore, the, the, the biggest song at that time was Lemon Tree. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, and then, yes. and then a lot of the, the music was very boy banish yes. and like, yeah. very, uh, you know, then I was yeah. wondering where, where was all the rock music? You know, where was all the, the the Nirvanas and the Pearl Jams and the yeah. Stone Temple Pilots? And I found that, that there were a lot of kids who were playing that kind yes. of music. But, you know, they're just not given the, the, the yep, platforms. Yep. And um, uh, there were a lot of gigs that were happening at Youth Park, at Substation, mm. um, and, and uh, community centers. And these were all organized by the the bands themselves. So they'd get like uh, a group of say maybe three or four bands and then they organize a gig, mm -hmm. uh, self-funded. And then, you know, they, 
they get their fans or they get their friends to come and then the scene grew from there. Uh, yeah. It was really very vibrant. Um, the songs they were writing were very uh, innovative uh, mm. and it also had that very local flavor. Like, you know, you, you see bands like like Force mm. Form It and, yeah. you know, and then there, were, there was that punk rock scene or so that was very mm-hmm. big underground. Yeah. Uh, the metal scene was very big. Uh, and I thought that if if someone could take these bands and, you know, produce them properly and then, you know, like, like give them that platform, then at least one of the bands would at, at least come out and, and, you know, get some media attention and get uh, local music uh, to a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Snakeweed was formed because uh, we believe at that time, Michael and I believe that, you know, uh, if we took a couple of bands and try and, and polish up their their music, then, you know, like right. maybe, you, you know, they'd go mm-hmm. somewhere. And uh, so we found Neuralbyte and Augury because they came to make studio to record and I saw that they had a lot of potential and then um, uh, spoke to them, said that we were going to sign them and then they, at first they didn't believe us. They thought, <laughs> oh, I because I was at Mixed Studios, I was the Jaga Jam. You know, the guy who sits yes. at the counter. And yeah. then when people call the studio to book studio time for rehearsals, I'm the one who answers the phone and I'll say, <laughs> okay, you know, two to four o'clock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I was called the Jaga Jam, uh, Leonard the Jaga Jam. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, but then they didn't know that I also recorded mm-hmm. bands. And mm-hmm. I guess I must have built up that reputation at that time when I was at Mixer. Uh, yeah. And a lot of the younger bands came to me because they, they thought, hey, this guy knows and understands our music. So, yeah, yeah so uh, it was a really good start uh, for me at that time. Um, yeah. And um, after producing these two bands, uh, uh, I also decided to, to go to all the radio stations, knock on the doors and speak to the program directors and say, here are two Singapore really good bands. You know, you should start <laughs> playing them on radio. Yeah. And uh, Oshuri was very, very heavy. So, yep. uh, you know, commercial radio simply yep, refused yep. and said like, you know, we can't play this on radio because, you know, it's it's too heavy. Right. Uh, Neural Vibe was too alternative because, you know, the, the music was a bit ethnic, a bit... Uh, yes rocking a bit like like Pearl Jam you know at times it was heavy at times it was just like very soulful but also because we didn't have the backing of a major label it was very hard to get you know Mm. airplay Uh, but one person actually responded and he was Paul Zack so Paul Zack had had his own radio show at that time it was a Safra radio station and he uh, uh, invited me to the station and then he asked me to bring those two CDs. So I brought them mm-hmm. for him and he played them on air. And then he, he, he you know, said that this were Singapore bands and he was really glad that, that uh, you know, like Singapore music was, was moving ahead. Mm. And um, he asked me to, to, you know, like whatever that I was producing to send to him so he would, you know, play it on air. And then there was Stroll, mm. there was... Right. Like, yeah, which he picked as... At that year, it was the, the second best release mm. of the year. 
Okay. Even even competing with like uh, uh, foreign mm. music and all that, but he's still oh, okay, playing roles. Okay. Uh, she's the covering this song as the right. second best release of the year. So, uh, yeah, and he was also the editor of Straits Times Live. Yeah. So mm. he had uh, uh, <clears throat> not only that radio show, but he could also use the Straits Times to actually uh, showcase and highlight some of the local yep. acts. And and I think he was the one that started the whole, uh, uh, the whole, uh, you know, featuring local act thing on on newspaper la, the home homegrown, yeah, the homegrown thing. And um, at that time also there was uh, Suwe who was the 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 mm, DJ yeah, at nine eight seven, yeah, yeah, Chiu Suwe. So Suwe used to have this show uh, called Home on um, yes on radio it was on saturday and you know she would curate a lot of local uh, music and then i would keep sending her songs you know keep sending her stuff and then she would play them on air and then uh uh, uh the bands right who listen to all these uh, songs right or the younger kids who listen to these songs and then they, they finally realized that hey actually yeah uh, if we we form bands we record properly you know, we can get played on radio. And then that was what started the, the whole revolution. Uh. Like mm. you see uh, Peninsula suddenly opening a lot of music stores. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so having access to, to local music was was through the media. But then people didn't have access to the CDs or the cassette tapes at that time unless you attended the shows. Mm. Yeah. You know, because that was the only place that all these... Uh, 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 products were sold uh, at the gigs, you know, like the yes, bands would perform yeah. and then they have a counter by the side, a table, and then, you know, their friend will be manning the table. Yeah. And you could buy CDs for like $5, $8, or you could yeah. buy cassette tapes for like $2. I know the moderates spend a lot more, but they sold the cassette tapes at $1, making wow. losses, but they didn't care because it was very punk rock to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... But- Oh, these, are, these are really old names, man. Moderates, lah. Yeah, yeah. Moderates, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and um, and and because it was, you know, it, I I saw that there was, there were people who were actually buying like you know local products. So I mm. went to HMV and mm. Tower, and uh, Kamal from the Stone uh, Revivals was yeah. the music music curator and manager at Tower mm. at that time. Yeah, and Randolph Ariola was the manager at HMV, mm. so uh, I knew Kamal because he was in the band and because mm. you know he was in the scene. Uh, Randolph, I only met him when I went to HMV and knocked on the doors and said, "Can I speak to the manager?" <laughs> and then they introduced me to him. So I, yeah, so I, so I spoke to the two of them, the two both of them, and I said like like, uh, you know, the kids are buying these CDs. Like, can you stock them up? And then. Um, they were yeah very receptive because they said like oh you know we are also musicians and and it's mm-hmm. good that something like this is happening you know um, at that time <clears throat> the only local releases that that you could find at Tower or HMV were a product that was coming out from Pony Canyon yeah that's right yeah but then Pony Canyon also uh, uh, it was very limited because. Uh, the releases uh, were by uh, 
you know, they, uh, they were mostly compilations. Mm. Uh. Yeah, and by that time, yeah. they, were, they were doing a lot of compile, uh, compilation CDs. With yeah, so compilations. Yeah. yeah, so you, you didn't have, like, say, uh, uh, like, in the compilation CD, you didn't have acts that had complete albums, you know, they mm. were just singles. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, we wanted to push, like, complete mm. albums, like, especially Neurovite and and Augury. Mm. Uh, and I remember Tower Records, uh, Kamal, he really liked mm. Augury also. So <laughs> so he said, yeah, yeah, let's put Augury up. Then um, he ordered, uh, this was, these were all on consignment. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so he ordered like 20 copies, you know, and then he put it on the shelves. Then uh, HMV also ordered about 20 copies. Right. So they put it on the shelves. And within like two days, they were sold out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, they called me and said, "Oh, can we have more? You know, we like to order right. 100. Right. Yeah. So from 20 it became a hundred, and then you know, like, like, like kids knew that that the stuff was being sold there. They would go down to Tower and HIV and buy the the, the CDs, hmm. and um, then came the 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 pirates. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um because the the Augury CD sold really well here, I thought hey, if we went to Malaysia, right, and tried to sell, at least it will open up a new market for local music in Malaysia. Right. Yes. And I remember the the singer of Neural Vibe, Hanis, and myself mm-hmm. and his wife, we carried uh one hundred uh Augury CDs and one hundred Neural Vibe CDs. We walked across the causeway. What? Yeah, because oh we put them, yeah, in the in the bus. So we we took the the cab. We got off at the causeway uh, yeah. on Woodlands and Woodland right. side, and then we went across. But uh, we had to carry the CDs. Mm. So we wow. we yeah, so we carried like a hundred uh, CDs each. Walked across the causeway to Johor. And then in Johor, we were stopped at customs. And then they asked us, why, why are you carrying all these CDs? <laughs> oh then we God. say, oh, this one is, uh, 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 you know, music that we want to bring across. Uh. Yeah. And then they say, oh, cannot, cannot. Because it's all the same. So they said, what is the purpose? Are you uh, selling or are you... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because they're right. all the same CDs. They're not yeah. like, you know. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a mix. Yeah. yeah. And somehow it was not, not for personal use. So they knew we were trying yeah, to yeah, sell the yeah. CDs. But then we said, oh, uh, we, I mean, I, I lied. Like, I told them that uh, uh, there was a record label in Malaysia that asked us to bring because, you know, they're going to sign these acts. And, and I <laughs> guess the customs officers, they, I mean, they they were quite young lah, so they also know okay lah, you know, want to sell every hundred. <laughs> so how many did they take? Yeah, then. <laughs> did, uh, they, did they take any? Uh, no, they didn't take anything. So, we, yeah, so we went to Johor, managed to get through, and then we took a uh, cab all the way to right. KL. Wow. Yeah. So in KL, we asked around like which is the biggest record store. And then they said there was a chain called something Valley, Music Valley. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, there was a chain yeah, of, yeah, of music yeah. stores called Music Valley. So we went to one of the stores and we said, can we put our stuff here? And mm. then the guy said, no, you cannot. You want, you must go and 
go and ask the big boss at uh, the headquarters. Mm. Uh. Right, right. Yeah, so so they gave us the address. We went to uh, the, the HQ of Music Valley. And when we were there, uh, I showed them the Augury CD and the Neurovibe CD. And then the guy looked at me and he said, this one, we already distributed it. <laughs> what? Okay. Then I was shocked. I was like, huh? huh? What do you mean? Then he said, yeah, we already... We already make cassette tape, we already make CD, so we already selling already. Then I asked him, who who gave you permission? Because we are the label exactly. in Singapore. We own this yeah, product. And then they said, Oh, I got this guy, his name is Tiena. I don't know what. Right. Yeah, so this guy was notorious for actually uh 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 sending his cronies la, to to HIV right. and Tower here. Mm. To right. buy our our, our mm. stuff, then he he pirate in Malaysia mm. and then sell to the wow. kids there. Wow! Yeah, okay. so yeah, then I was furious, ah, and then I said, like, you tell me who this fella is. I I I want to go and see him, and it so happened that on that day at the office, right, the guy was there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so. Oh my so god! They said, "Oh, it's that guy, that guy over there." Then I I called him out, and then. He saw yeah. me and then I said, are you the one? And then he heard me, right? Then he ran. So Holy I chased shit. him. Yeah, he ran out of the building. I chased oh him and God. then he got he got into his car and then he drove off. <laughs> and then I, I was damn angry. Uh, then I didn't know what to do. So yeah. I called the Malaysian High Comp. Right. And I said, like, uh, you know, like, like this is what's mm. happening. Somebody's pirating my stuff. I would like to take action. Yeah. Like, how, what yeah. do I do? And then they said, oh, uh, Actually, uh, if you want to pursue this, uh, you will spend more money in the end. So, might as well just forget about it. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Then, yeah, then I thought, uh, yeah, didn't know what to do. But at the same time, at that, that uh, HQ, yeah. the boss of Podi Canyon Malaysia was there also. Right. Yeah. Wow. So he said, like, hey, what's happening? Like, how come, you know? And then I told him, you know, this is what's happening. And then the boss said, come, I take you for dinner, you know, meet us here and here. And then he said, where are you guys staying? So he said, oh, we just got here. Only. We right. don't have a place to stay. Oh, and this then, is on the same day that you guys Yeah, the same walked day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then he said, let me put you up in a hotel. So he got for wow. us this really nice hotel wow. in downtown. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, we met him for dinner. I remember it was the buffet dinner. Right. And then he was sweet talking, la, just telling us wow, how good the product is and, and all that. And um, because at, at, at the HQ, I actually gave him one copy la, of each. Then he went back mm. to listen. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so he said, like, you know, if you sign a deal with us, we will help you to distribute in Malaysia. La. Right, then right. He said because they have the reach, right? So it will be in all the stores and mm. all the 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 uh, and then uh, the bands will be asked to come yeah, to play yeah, in Malaysia. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So then I I agreed lah because I thought you know I got nothing to lose. Mm. You know the the stuff is already being pirated there. But then yeah, but then this guy said that he would make sure all the pirates were destroyed. You know, and then the only legal product would be the ones from Pony Canyon. So I agreed to it. We signed a deal. Uh, and then he manufactured and started re uh, releasing 
uh, these two bands mm. right uh, yeah but then after that I don't know what happened <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of yeah. did Pony Canyon shut down did Pony Canyon shut down around that time yeah they did they did they did shut down and then I realized that that everyone is uh, I don't know I don't want to use the word corrupt but uh, right. yeah lah, it's just like that lah. that's the way of the, the music business in Asia right, right. because at that you imagine like 20 over years ago right the copyright laws and the, yeah well, not very strong very bad, very bad. yeah very almost, non-existent almost non-existent non- yes. yeah non-existent yes. back then yeah. yes yeah. yeah because I remember going to Thailand or so and then you know I just went to this record store and I I was going through some of the CDs and then there was this CD on the cover was some other guy like a Thai guy but then when I listened to the music right it was our our Singapore Idol winner huh? Taufik huh? Taufik's wow. album yeah <laughs> oh my god okay that's crazy yeah. man yeah. yeah and then and then uh, I mean there were there were people just pirating yeah. stuff and yeah, selling yeah, la, yeah. and then you know ripping off the artists ripping off the labels uh, so I kind of gave up after that I never never tried to push Singapore music in in Malaysia mm, anymore mm. yeah because it's something that we cannot control anyway yep. So how do you go from being like a record label uh, to to a recording studio? Was that around the same time? Yeah, around the same time. So uh, uh, Michael told right. me, you know, why don't you open? Uh, we were sitting at Amings at Orchard Road, lah. <laughs> Amings, yeah. oh my god, yeah. yeah. Okay. So so we we were just talking and talking, and then he said like, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we? we opened a recording studio and I said, mm. I told him I had no money. Right. You know, I don't have the finances to open studio. Then he said, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give you the money and we can open it together. And uh, I remember we signed this agreement on a piece of napkin <laughs> between <laughs> him and me. And then we were thinking of a name for the studio and the name Stakeweed popped up. Uh. Okay. Yeah, okay. so... So that was the birth of Stickweed at Arming on Orchard, Orchard Road. Okay. Arming okay. Cafe. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, like, so this will be like the early 2000s, right? So Yeah, this is this was 2000, the year 2000. Okay, the year 2000 okay. itself. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. So, yeah. like, so how the, how the, yeah, so, so, okay, it's, it's all, all your, your, your entire, your future journey, your future entire career. Yeah. Is, it's on a piece of it's on a napkin at the moment, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it was on a napkin. I I I don't know whether Mike kept the napkin or I kept the uh, napkin, but uh, I mean that was at that time we didn't think yeah. much of it, lah. We just thought, ah, yeah, you know, open studio, open studio, lah. But okay. we didn't think that it would last this long. Yeah. So how did I mean, like, so how do you guys get a start? Uh, you know, come about to to get all the stuff together. I mean, of course, you need the four walls. You need your equipment and stuff like that. Was that an easy process? And and how long did it take you guys to actually uh, open doors, so to speak? Um, because at that time, uh, we rented 
the unit we we looked around uh, and mm. then um uh, my ex girlfriend uh worked in Kyongsiak Road in this place called Soundbus. Mm. So she okay. said, why don't you come to 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 Kyongsiak Road? You know, you can open your studio here, and uh we can work together. And I thought, yeah, actually that's a very good idea. So I moved there. Uh, to a unit, a shop house unit. Uh, I took two floors, um, and then we started snake weed there. And then she also gave, she also gave like a kind of like a donation. Uh. wasn't an investment. It was a donation for us to buy gear. Okay. Okay. So with uh Michael's money and my ex's money, we 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 just immediately went to buy stuff. You know, set it up. Uh, tried to do it. Uh, in two weeks because we were given one month free rent, right? Oh, right, right. So okay. we did like renovation, uh, uh, renovation, and also uh, 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 gearing up mm-hmm. the studio, lah. Then um, the first client that came to us was this band called Fuzzbox. <laughs> okay, <laughs> another crossover. <laughs> yeah, crossover episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, so so Fastbox was the first band to record at Snake okay. and then followed by Stroll. So Stroll and Fastbox were, you know, back to back lah. Right. And right. Uh, Fastbox people might not know who they are, but then they they are actually Lunarin yeah. now. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, and um, yeah. So that was the I think the last thing that the old singer did with mm. the band before right, it right. became Lunarin yes. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. Then uh yeah, so so fastbox and then after that stroll and um and then after that uh Shireen's closet and the moderates mm. uh, and then um uh, Amran's other band, I can't remember what's the name. Um but really, really good band. Uh. So so it started the ball mm. rolling and then I thought I thought, okay, you know, like maybe we should do something like what we did with Augury and right. Neurovite. You know, mm-hmm. like get get an act that can push right. local music to the right. next level. Right. And uh I remember going to uh um this other studio, it was Form Studios. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Which which uh became I, I mean it was owned by Rock Records, I think. Or yeah. Form Form Records mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, which was in Tampanese yep. and um, I was supposed to record uh, Augury for this MTV promo thing for MTV Asia. Okay, okay. Uh, the, at the same studio uh, was this band called Electric Company. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So they were recording their first first album there, Electric right. Company. And then uh, Augury was recording in the next studio. Uh, the, right. The, stuff for MTV uh. and then um, I I was talking to this guy called Jeffrey Low. so um, Jeffrey Low used okay. to work there yeah and uh, Jeffrey was saying oh you know this band Electric Company and then I say I actually know them because because Brian from Breaking Glass right. his young brother was Keith yeah. Colato yes that's right yeah 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 so and, Keith yeah. was playing in, in Electric Company and I knew Dave Tan and Keith, they were best friends, you know. So last time when I was in Breaking Glass, we'd go to Brian's house uh, uh, and write songs there. And I'd see uh, Keith and uh, and Dave who were in primary school at that time. 
you know, like really small kids, ah, and then they they oh were God. interested in, yeah. in skateboarding and you know, yeah, not really interested in music, yeah. lah. Yeah, and then to to see them like after so many years, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 Dave being the singer of Electrical and Keith was the guitarist, so I thought, hey, wow, they really grew up already, and um, um, yeah. So after after that meeting. They came by Snakeweed and then they were saying like, oh, maybe they also want to record with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, new stuff lah. And then uh, uh, Dan Susun, who was working at Soundbus at that time, also <laughs> joined, joined Electrical. And Amanda, who was in another band, uh, yeah. was poached lah. Poached by <laughs> Electrical to join them. Yeah, to she, join she them. was in so Trot. I, Trot I, I right? thought, yeah, she was in Trot, Trot. yes. Yeah. So it was during uh, Baby It's actually that uh, Electrical was playing and Trot was playing the ah. same day and then uh, they they met lah and then they they attended each other sets and then they were thinking eh, shit we should get this keyboardist. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then said that that would make the 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 looks level go go up by one thousand percent No no <laughs> yeah. doubt no <laughs> doubt. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <We've> all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they eventually asked Amanda and she agreed, agreed to join her. And uh it was it was at a time that uh, uh so much more insight was was released. Mm. The, okay, okay. Was recorded and released. But then prior to it being released, uh, uh I went same, I went knocking on doors. I said like, you know, there's this band called Electrical, you should right. you should play you know you should you should uh give them a bit more attention uh. they were not signed to you though right they, they no, were no, just no. recorded they, they yeah. just recorded them right yeah yeah okay okay yeah so then then so soon and i came out with this plan la, the, the whole plan of how to promote market and get them you know right. on yeah and then we uh we went to universal mm. music uh we saw uh the king mm. Mm. Yeah, and then we we played him the the final master, right? And then we invited him and a, a some um, a journalist to our studio. So during that whole process, I I had this video camera, so I documented mm. it. The, right. you know, the the whole journey of how they came to the studio, recorded, and then yeah. how they done had a decision to make because he <laughs> yeah correct you know, yeah, yeah, was, yeah that's right he was. <laughs> either going to quit the band or quit his job, you know, because he yeah. was working MTV at that time wow. also. Yeah. And uh, he decided to quit his job and and focus full-time on on electrical. Uh. And then Dan, that time, was uh, a lawyer working in a mm-hmm. firm. And he also had to make that decision because they were supposed to go on an Australian tour. Right. Yeah, with, with, uh, with this Australian band. But then they couldn't go because of their job commitments. So mm. in order to go, right, they had to quit their job. So both of them quit their jobs on the same day. Wow. And um, it was a very touching moment uh, because, you know, reflecting on their decisions. And then, you know, there was still that doubt there of whether yeah. they survived yeah. as a band. All these things I documented and put it out uh, um, as a video online now. Uh, Yes, um, yeah, right. Yeah, show and tell. Like, yeah, show Wasn't and it? tell. Yeah. 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 What, 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then how it affected their their personal relationships with their partners at that time also because you know like <laughs> in Singapore you must have the five C's. Uh, you don't have five. C's, very hard to move forward. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but they quit their jobs and then we went to Australia for the Australian mm. tour. Uh, right. uh, and just before doing that, we went to Universal. So Universal Music heard the music. They saw Show and Tell because we invited them to the studio. We showed mm. the video. Oh, okay. And then immediately they gave them the contract. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they were signed, uh, which made touring even easier because then you know, uh, people uh, Universal in Australia also mm. helped with certain things mm. down there, lah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then getting us gigs and stuff. Uh, and it was then also that that the press suddenly jumped on the bandwagon. Mm. And, uh, you know, Electrical had so much press at that time. Mm. And Amanda was like a cover girl on so many magazines because she's mm. you know, very, very mm. pretty. And, um, um, you know, uh, and the music uh, spoke for itself lah, because, you know, they had they had really, really good... Uh, uh, yeah, pop yeah, songs. Yeah. yeah. You know, pop rock songs. Um, and they were uh, one of the bands at that time to have a number one song in Singapore after yes. a long yeah. time, yeah. you know? Yes. And, and, and then we saw that, that uh, uh, I mean, Dan and I had this plan to actually push Electrical and then push the other bands that were also recording at Snakeweed. So at that time, uh, Electrical... Uh, Puck Jelly, mm, Great Pie okay. Experiment, and Ronin. All four were recording at the same time. But then we tried to get all of them on Universal. Yep. Yeah, so Electrical was the first to be signed. And then Great Spy, mm. and then Puck Jelly. No, Electrical, Puck Jelly, Great Spy, and Ronin mm. were all signed to, to the labels, you know. And, and it made it easier because then uh, the releases were back to back to back mm. to back. Yeah, right. and those were the yeah. four big bands of that era. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, uh, so when Electricals, uh, I want you hit number one. Yeah. Uh, when it when it dropped, uh, Park Jelly's Come Home Soon hit number one. Right, right. <laughs> then when it dropped, uh, then uh, Great Spy Experiment also hit number one. So it was like back to back to back local music, right? Hitting number one. Then, then I think like it created this this uh. Momentum lah, and then a lot of uh, kids started yeah. picking up instruments. Yeah. Oh, and then a lot of uh, music stores suddenly opened, like you know, like uh, guitar shops and all that. Mm. Uh, and and it started that whole movement uh, mm. at that time, and this was like in the mid two thousands. Yeah, So it uh, so this thing lasted for more than ten years, I think, until mm. fifteen. Yep. Around yeah, there, around yeah, there, yes. Yeah, so around there lah. Then after that, it kind of like changed the whole. Yeah, uh, the, the vibe changed. The whole yeah. vibe changed. Uh, but it changed. Um, not in a bad way because then we after that we had Gentle Bones. Then we had Sam yes, Willow. Yeah. You know, so there was still yes. there was still interest in like local music in what Singaporeans are producing mm. lah. Mm. Um, there were you know chart toppers. Mm. There were, you know, um, mm, I mean, it didn't like completely mm. die off lah. The scene. No, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean Singapore so scene actually reflects whatever's happening in the West. La. So the, the 2015 change is basically because the West is so it's changed. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 type mm. of music also changed. Musicians became more more uh, knowledgeable in producing yes. music, or posting videos on how mm. to do this, how to record, uh, how to. So you know, like like bands became more knowledgeable, uh, and mm. and you know there was this huge resource on the internet where you could actually go and learn how to produce your own songs, uh, and then uh, you know download software. Uh, download plugins and then you know like sound very very professional. Mm. So from from 2015 onwards, I think the the home studios and home recordings took over. Right. Uh, it kind of affected our business, but then uh, I think for us, uh, we are unique in the sense that that because we already have this history, we already have you know built up from the year 2000. Um, mm. People still believe in us and still come mm. back. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the legacy. I mean, you know, the legacy of of Snakebeat is is so ingrained now in, in, in even in young kids like these. They they mm-hmm. have this they have this very, uh, you know, yeah, they're in. They're, I think they're they're pretty much in all because of all the output that you guys have produced. You know, since 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 mm-hmm. the early days, since electrical straight through or, or uh, all the way until like uh, you know the twenty. Last decade, last not not only not only yeah. that, you also have interns to do very well. Yeah, yeah. So we we, we also make sure that our interns get places, yeah. la. And then uh, uh, I know, like in the industry, if people say if people you know uh, find out, oh, you intern at Snake Wheel, you know, like it gives them a, oh, a yeah, leg up la, in the industry. I mean, I, I guess one. I mean, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. And because sure. you work across, I mean, like Orgery is so heavy, but then you get electrical, which is very pop, and then you get singer songwriters who come in, yeah. and it's very, very soft, very melodic. Um, so, how are you able to wear so many different uh, hats <laughs> at the yeah, same the time? What What's your yeah. secret? What's your secret? Come on, tell us, tell us. Okay. Uh. <laughs> uh. There are two different kinds of producers. Uh. So. The first kind of producer is the one that wants everything his way or her way. Uh, that means they tell the artist what to do. They tell the artist how to play. They 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 are very involved in the in the songwriting, in the song creation, and mm. in the overall product. Uh, that means it's more of the the producer's work than the artist. And you see that happening now in the states. No, yeah, 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 yeah. What right. want before. Yeah, because now a lot of music is very manufactured. Yeah. So that's one kind of producer. The second kind of producer is is more like me, la. like I very lazy, very chill, <laughs> you know, I sleep on the sofa. Uh I let the artists do what they want to do. But what I try to do is capture the best performances. Mm. I I try to, you know, uh uh I understand their 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 limits also la. like I cannot mm. expect them to you know, uh, uh, be like two hundred percent better than what they are, but okay. you know, I can create that illusion of them being two hundred percent better than what <laughs> what they they are la. Yeah, and and this is by by uh, coaxing by you know creating this vibe, creating this atmosphere where they feel very very comfortable. You know, and they they can come here and create. Uh, and the doors are always open. 
Like mm. you know, you don't have to like like make a booking to come and yeah, see yeah. us. You know, you can just right. walk just hang, in, you just know, chill hang. out. <laughs> yeah, just hang. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So so we we try to create this mm. culture lah. This yes. this community yes. like, actually this community yes. of creative people. It's not only musicians who come here. You know, we have artists. We have. Mm-hmm. Uh, graphic designers. We have, you know, just just people from all walks of life who just want to come and hang, chill, listen to good music, and 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 mm-hmm. talk about other stuff, lah. Mm-hmm. So so this is how we actually have been doing things since the year two yeah. thousand. Uh, you know, just 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 creating this vibe so that everyone comes here feels comfortable and you know they can do whatever they want to do, lah. And I also noticed that that if you do this, then the performance is also better because they right. feel less stressed. They, yeah, they trust you. Right. And... Yeah, yeah. So that there's that level of trust, and then uh, it also aids in their confidence, yeah. uh, But eleven years ago, I realized that there was something missing, you know, in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if I got this thing, then then it would elevate the 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 vibe here, lah. So I found these three kittens. <laughs> uh. <laughs> three kittens in the garbage downstairs. Yeah, and I adopted them. Wow, uh, so okay. they became studio cats. And all, most people come here just to see the cats and play with them. Yes, And, and, and the it, cats also actually have a very calming effect. Because yes. musicians come here. And, you yes. know, they, they see the cats. The cats also like come in sayang, sayang. Right, you know, then they right. feel less Yes, stressed. yes, yes. Totally. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Bit, so, uh, yeah. So the other thing, the other thing I really wanted to ask you to talk about is that besides you know obviously as a producer extraordinaire we can't you know we've been talking about your track record and everything, right? But the other thing also that I really wanted to talk about is that you know because you are you are definitely you are the go-to sound man and you've gone on tours with so many local bands. Right, so I want to yeah. hear some of those stories because I've seen all the photographs. You take, love to take photographs. You're actually a very good, you're actually yeah. a very good photographer as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. so I remember, I remember coming across one photograph. It's and it's got no Gallagher in it. What is the story? What's the story, Morning Glory? Oh, the no <laughs> Gallagher story. So, uh, I was on tour with the band Pleasantry. Mm. Right, uh, we were in San Francisco, and then we decided to go to the guitar center to, uh, uh buy pedals lah and I wanted to buy the Shure SM7B microphone. Uh, we went to Guitar Center in San Francisco and then there was this guy all by himself. He was playing guitar in one corner and nobody was serving him. So so we looked and then Ista from Pleasantry said, hey, that's Noel Gallagher. And I said, no way lah. Noel Gallagher won't come here lah. You think what? He come here and buy stuff, man. You know, all the stuff is given to him, uh, and then yeah. somehow like he doesn't need to go to the shop. You know, yeah. Like, like he can just tell his management, and they will give him a whole range of stuff to right. choose from. Yeah. Then he said, "No, no, no! Confirm is no Gallagher." So I, I went up to him. Then I, I was just going to like ask him a question or what uh, Yeah. Uh, but uh, Isa was with me, and then Isa asked him first. So Isa said, uh. Oh, that that sounds like a very good sound. And then he turned to Isa, and then he said, "Yeah, that, that's all he said. That's all he said." Then he turned back and he continued playing, you know. And and uh, 
then, then I said like, you sure? No, I said that Isa said, yeah, that's how, that's how rude he is. Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then um, uh, uh, Isa walked off and then I just said like, oh, you know, like that's, that's a really cool pedal. So he was trying, he was trying the boss uh, chorus pedal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, he's he looked at me and he said, uh, "Yeah, you know, just yeah." Yeah. Then after he continued playing, and then I went to the counter. I paid for my show SM Seven B, <laughs> and then he was there at the counter. So so he bought the pedal. Uh, right. When he bought the pedal, I told Isa, "That's not him, lah. He where will come and buy the pedal?" <laughs> And then he was wearing a tag, actually. Like, you know, like those roadies or what, they will wear those tags. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it was a different name. And then I said, you see, it's a different name. Then then the rest of the guys, right, Isa, Arif, and all say, no, 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 it's Noel, it's Noel. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we left the store. Uh, we were walking to find a place to eat. Right. And then from far, right, we saw this guy. We saw Noel, uh, I mean, the guy that was walking. Uh, he was walking yeah. in front of us. And then he stopped at the traffic light. He made a U-turn and he walked back. So that time, I was taking a lot of jump shots with Samantha. Right? Okay. okay. You know, the, uh, where she yeah, jumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I snapped a photo. So I said, hey, hey, this guy's coming back. Like, why don't you jump? And then I, I take a photo. And uh, she said, okay, okay. So the rest of the guys went to the restaurant. So we just then stood there. Then I pretended like I was taking photos of her. Then when he walked in front of her, she jumped and then I, I snapped the photo. And then right. he had shock because she jumped, right? So he thought like someone was What's going, going on? Yeah. Him. So he like he like like took a step back and then he just like looked at us, then he shook his head and he walked off. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And really? and then um I went online and I just like searched where Noel Gallagher was and then found out that that he was playing that night in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then there were pictures of the gig, right? He was wearing the exact same clothes that he wore to Guitar Center. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, so 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 I knew it was him lah. Yeah. That's wow. such a that's such a yeah. great story. And then yeah, I posted man. it online. I posted the photo online and he, it had like the most number of likes and comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you should really yeah. do. You should really do like a photo book, man. Or no, I, yeah, or, or some sort of. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people who, who may not know. I mean, they know you as a producer, but they really th- this guy, uh, listeners. He has uh, a really good eye. I mean, I've seen him take all his shots of the, at any, uh, you know, at the gigs. He will, he will, he will, he will do the sound for the local band at the gig. <laughs> like I remember at Fort Kenny, he was doing all the sound. And then he'll be walking around and taking snaps, and it's all very, you know, cinema verite ish, kind of uh, noir ish, uh, you know, Anton Corbin type photos he will shoot. Mm. Uh, his black and whites are brilliant, uh, you know. And then, and I'm like, yeah, why haven't you done anything? Like, haven't, why haven't you had an exhibition of yeah. all the cool you people should, that you, should, you shot? And it's not just the bands, but you the should, fans man. as well. Your, your fan photos are oh. really cool. yeah, seriously, should, man. I should, really man. take my head off to you. I'm like, this guy is like, wow. Yeah. He, not only a good ear, but a good eye as well. Yeah. Oh, actually, I I was asked to to do that by ah. the the people who worked at Substation. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they said like, why don't you know yeah. I I do an exhibition of all these gig photos and band yeah. photos, and I agreed to do it, but then Sub Substation closed down. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> 
dear. Yeah. But it should be still possible somewhere else, lah, right? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. You maybe can, the, can, the metaverse, can, maybe on the NFT. NFT. NFT, all these photos, all, yeah. all these stories also. Yeah, you yeah. should, you should, yeah. you should. Yeah, you, you should, should man. man, because I think, I think, uh, you know, you, you have a, such a treasure trove of of memorabilia, right? Not just yeah, yeah. the sound recording. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was, there was so many things, right? I remember also now, I just vaguely remember, there was a short time we were doing all these video things, Right in the studio, yeah. right? Right, people yeah. come yes, and perform. Sessions. Yeah, and then we get them. I think like Rachel Yamagata and all that sort of thing. Ah, yeah. Actually, that uh, that whole period was uh, uh, that that time it was called stay week sessions. Huh? so mm-hmm. we used to do sessions even before people were doing sessions. This was like <laughs> yes, yes, a long right, long yeah. time ago. Yeah, and uh, uh, this was actually not really something that 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 we came up with. It was the band Monster Cat. Yes, that's right. right, so right Monster okay. Cat was recording at that time. And then we said, hey, Leonard, since you have the space, right, why don't we take videos of artists that that mm. come here, you know, and then they, they asked Inch Chua to be in it. Mm. They asked, uh, I mean, they themselves were, were on it. They asked yeah. Lunarin and uh, uh, Hanging Up the Moon. Uh, and um, Dinesh Dillon, who's also a very, very good friend of mine because okay. he was uh, uh, part of Breaking Glass at one point in time. Oh, he was from really. Dinesh, yeah, Dinesh Dinesh was. Oh my god, he was god. my classmate. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He was yeah, my classmate so, in school. <laughs> I mean, not. Oh, I, Dinesh, I your classmate? Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's small world, <laughs> Yeah, small, small world. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, uh, Dinesh, uh, started this, uh, this company called Green. Greenhorn. Greenhorn Green Productions, yes. Yeah. And you bring in all these artists and then right. uh, yep, yep. uh Monster Cat uh, approached him and said, Why don't you get some of these artists to come and do a live session at Snakeweed, you know, like yep. all these touring musicians? Yeah. And he asked, and actually quite a quite a lot of them were very, very interested in doing yep, it. So yep, Rachel yep. Yamagata was one. Wow. Uh, that that other guy. Another guy. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I uh, can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but I know he was the Mercury Prize winner of that year. Then he came. Uh, wow. Acoustic guitar and vocals. Right. Okay. We'll have to Google that one. <laughs> Prize winner. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, kidding. I'm kidding. Ed Sheeran, I wouldn't be interested anyway. <laughs> Villagers, I think. Oh, villagers! Yes, yes. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Villagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. He was good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah when he came to do the sessions, he was not that popular. Uh, but after he went back to the UK, he he I think he blew up after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's and, really good. Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so it was. Um quite successful uh, staying with sessions and mm. then uh, the the funds kind of ran out because uh, Monster Cat were paying for everything mm. oh okay, and, okay. Yeah, so so we had like a professional crew uh, mm. uh, you know uh, the sound was recorded here um, and then we kind of stopped la. but then mm. we we continued doing uh, we continued doing sessions still Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for NAC, 
you know, okay. noise program. So we we did like video and and uh, recordings for a lot of the young bands uh, that came up through the noise program. Oh, uh, and then uh, last year, uh, Josh, Josh is now Josh Way is now a partner. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Josh, oh, okay. Yeah. So Josh applied for one of the NAC grants to revive Snakeweed sessions, and then it was approved. So we are actually going to fantastic sessions again great, and great, this great. time with uh yeah with local acts no, i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that's good news that's good news that's good news great. i used to great. i used to love watching all these uh all these video clips yeah i mean you still can find them on, on youtube so yeah that's uh yeah. Stay sessions still online yeah yeah but yeah. i don't have the password to the to the youtube channel what <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> because the person who was uploading the videos was the editor of the videos, and then uh, right, yeah. And so uh, okay, time for I, you to get I a don't new think channel. He'll even remember lah. Yeah, <laughs> time to time to start a new channel. <laughs> <laughs> so now we will have now we will have new language sessions version two lah. Right, great, right, great, great. I mean, like the first maybe the first episode in March. Uh, oh, okay, then, like every. Two weeks, one episode. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Mm. So, so we can't. So we probably can't say we heard it here first kind of thing. No. Again, <laughs> uh, nobody but, knows about no. this. Yet. I know, I know. But by the time, <laughs> no, no, by, by by the time, time our sessions episode comes out, it'll be, it'll be started yeah. already. I think. <laughs> okay, lah. Maybe April or May, lah. Because I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it'll be, it'll be that fast anyway. Okay, then we can so, say hear it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think I think I mean it's, it's great that you you're starting this again and you're putting everything mm-hmm. out um, because yeah. I mean I guess uh, through the pandemic I mean was that was that uh, uh, how was that for you guys I mean a, a lot of people. Mm. Like Kevin and I were just talking before we started this, you know how yeah. all the live music scene has like Mm-mm-mm. is dead basically in terms of your pubs and stuff like that. Mm, you know where yeah. you used to be able to go and catch like your night scene, like, your no night scene anymore. is gone. Yeah. gone already, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know literally on its last legs. If nothing yeah. happens soon, I mean. But for you guys, how was it? How how was it for you? Um, because we don't actually with the advent of like you said home recording and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I know you mentioned a little bit about that, but you know, how have you guys managed to cope through the, the pandemic? Actually, for us, uh, COVID was very, very good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, <laughs> Interesting. I mean, the, the nature of the business changed a bit like, in the last two years. Yes. Uh, and because our studio can, can uh, hold up to 30 people without applying for the license. So... So we have done quite a lot of corporate stuff where oh, okay. uh, okay. uh, uh, people book the studio and then they do like, like you know, the corporate stuff here, like, like events or right, even right. filming. And then even even .gif because they couldn't launch their their album, right? right. For the last few years because yeah. of COVID, cannot do a live performance. So they did the, the live performance film here. Okay. So it was shot and recorded here and then it was uh, 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 showcased at the projector. So it's screened Right, there. right, right. Uh, and uh, wow. uh, Charlie Lim also did uh, a concert here where uh, it was actually mm. for a South Korean music festival. 
Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, because there was no place that he could perform, so he came here and then he performed here and then it was filmed and recorded and then streamed mm. to Korea. Uh, uh, and um, we also did uh, an episode of The Apprentice where they came to this so-called studio. I mean, it was all acting. Uh. Ah. <laughs> the studio and then they did like a podcast kind of thing and then you know like the the all the all the contestants had to talk about certain topics ah okay so, okay and I thought here also and then uh stb also has used the space to do uh uh, uh some uh commercial stuff uh mm. and um come national day you know like we had a lot of like different artists coming to do National Day songs. Uh, right. yes, yes. And they post on social media and stuff like that. So so for us, I think the, the, the business has kind of shifted towards that also uh, during mm. this pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I still have bands coming here. I mean, uh, we've just finished doing uh, Pleasantry album. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. carrying on the new album. Uh, wow. And, yeah, so we just down to vocals for Caracal. Uh, Wormrod did a 21 song album. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, which is coming out uh, in July. Mm. But the first single is coming out in March. And then they are also playing in Switzerland in the music festival mm. Uh, mm. In, oh. on March 12th, which I'm actually yeah. going to... <laughs> You're going there, okay. Yeah. To do the sound. The, yeah. So that's an interesting worm rock update from our episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll have to we'll have to somehow squeeze that in. <laughs> yeah. Because we, yeah. we we interviewed the drummer. Vijesh, yeah. yeah. Ah Vijesh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're playing there and uh uh you know my 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 touring group, the 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 people I go with every time mm. to like cold countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, so we decided yeah, so we decided to go to Switzerland this year and, and also it ties in with Wormrod's performance at this nice. festival. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And then we'll, we'll see all the grindcore, grindcore <laughs> acts over there. Yeah. All, yeah. The, all the 25 songs in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I'll be taking a lot of photos again cool, this time. Cool, cool, cool. And then, uh, good to hear, good to hear. Because there's, there's actually not much... Uh, of Wormrod online. Yeah. Like photos and, you know, yep. because all, all their shows are mostly overseas. Yeah. So we don't have our local photographers taking photos. Yep. So this would be like a chance for us to do too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And archival, you know. <laughs> yeah, archive the... the, the are you, are you, are you, are you going to do, do another show and tell then? Like... Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I haven't, <laughs> haven't decided yet. Haven't no. chosen an act. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. I mean, that would be, be a very good vlog, be... la, Very good vlog. This, this could be, yeah. This could be like, like, like your, your get back. You know. Yeah. Maybe I. <laughs> I, I, I... for a live show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I mean, but but you know, I, okay, like, we we don't really want to take up too much of your time. Mm. Um. Yeah. Because I know. I know. <laughs> Oh. This guy, this guy texted me at five a.m. saying, "Hey, yeah, talk to you later." And I'm going like, "He's up at five a.m. 
he's got to come on in a few hours. I haven't time. slept yet. Oh my god! Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because because I had recording. Uh, we were recording Caracal guitars until late last night. Oh, then okay, after that, okay. we went to Hang Long in uh, uh, the old mix <laughs> yes, studio. Yes, yes. Yeah, we yeah, went yeah, there yeah. to eat the okay. the the tochu porridge. I'm good. I'm first ranking good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Then then hung out there, talk story until about like four plus. Then I went home. <laughs> Then watch a bit of uh, a bit of YouTube, watching uh, 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 documentaries on Switzerland, where to go to and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Then, then I looked at my calendar and I realized, oh shit, I've got, I've got podcast thing to do at ten thirty, <laughs> and then it was like five thirty in the morning. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, don't sleep. Uh, if I sleep, I won't wake up. Mm. Yeah. So I so I messaged you to say, yeah, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate we appreciate that definitely. Yeah. Okay. And you so put bad. us you put us above sleep. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no. So thank thank you seriously, man. I mean, you know, I think after listening to all these listening to to all these things, you know, if 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 I can if we can make a comparison or or make a a very current pop cultural reference, uh, this guy Lennox would say if. Is he's like the Ted Lasso of of our scene because he's always so encouraging to all the bands. You know, he's he he never said he hasn't slept and he still sounds he still is like so positive about everything. He's not you know, grumbling <laughs> about not having enough sleep. <laughs> you know, he just gets his, you know yeah he gets the job done. You know, and he has to juggle mm-hmm. so many. Things. He's like juggling a whole team, not just his own team, but you know when he works mm-hmm. with bands, he's juggling all the musicians and. Stuff like that. So mm. yeah, man. We'll give you the Ted Lasso yeah. Award for, for, for music this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but thanks, seriously, thanks very much, Lena. We we won't keep you and we'll let yeah. you get some shut eye now. Yeah, hope, hope, uh, the, hope the catch uh, up no, soon. No yeah. My day is beginning. Yeah, my yeah. We can we can we can <laughs> yeah. do stuff. Oh. See, my clients are here already. Yeah, Can I see that? I'm, I'm, I'm the manager. Hi, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a weekend, uh, that's when he works. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's going to be a full day. Then after recordings, I bring down to the Esplanade to watch uh, Coming Up Roses. Oh, right, yeah. They play, yeah, yeah, they play right? today for the All That Matters. Uh, <laughs> wow. this, guy, this guy never stops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah man okay well no but thanks thanks so much man uh Leonard, for, for taking time out yeah it's, thanks. It's, been tr- it's been too long we should really yeah, just catch actually up, uh, catch up, catch up and yeah, copy, actually, copy, yeah. have a yeah. proper copy session yeah. instead of this virtual session yeah, that we have right yeah. now yeah 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 the last time i had a session was with kevin on that that boat remember there was a gig on a boat a long time ago, man. Organized by bandwagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, we sat down for that. Leaning, yeah, yeah. I remember Leaning was performing, and before yes, that, that's right, that's right. Down, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, we had a drink, and then we were just talking and talking and talking yeah, for yeah, about yeah. more than uh, an hour. Yeah, 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 that was a good time, good time. Yeah, let's do it wow. again, uh, Hopefully, hopefully, can yeah. Do it again, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but thanks very much. Thank you uh, again. Thank you. Thanks. Thank thanks you again, man. Appreciate okay. taking time. Thanks out for, for having this. me. Yeah, I really enjoyed this this talk yeah. today. So, if you guys want to know more about uh, Leonard and Snakebeat Studios, you can check out their you can check out their their website. It's at snakebeatstudios.co. 
right? Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yep. And and you know, follow when he comes out with his new photo <laughs> photo diary, Rod, <laughs> you can check him out there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Snake Weed, place to go. I mean. I just very quickly over the last few the last few things that that you know Snakeweed has done. If you check out their portfolio, you can see Gentle Bones, uh, Gentle Bones and the JJ Lin thing. Uh, yeah. The duet has done. Um, you know, they also have done other people like Stray Kids. Uh, CL is also uh, done there. Yeah, uh, great place to go to hang out. Even like mm. like then it says yep, yep, seriously, yep, yep, I yep. think I think that's one of the best things that I've always liked about that place was like. You don't have to go there with anything in mind. <laughs> just just go there and then yeah, see what happens. Just and then just let it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Play play with the cats. Play with the cats. Yeah. 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 Great, great, uh, great environment for encouraging creative ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will I'll probably sick those two those uh, poly students on you after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank thanks very much again. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we'll see you lah. We, yep. we really should have a copy session, and we'll see you lah. Thank so you. Don't take up any more of your time. Thanks, man. Take, take care, then. Okay. Thanks take care. Take care. Have a good yeah. weekend. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Bye guys. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow! What a fantastic episode of Lion City Rock. I hope you enjoyed our little uh, coffee shop talk <laughs> with uh, the one and only Leonard Susay. Yeah, man. Uh, Leo is that is a genuine uh, local music legend and definitely, uh, you know, it's really just a tip of the iceberg. So much stories, so much great a, stories from yeah. him. He's yeah, a superhero. And, and, like, yeah, he's, yeah. you know, and, and the people he's worked with is virtually who's to list uh, as far as uh, Singapore indie music is concerned. All right, so mm. that's it from us. Thank you for being around uh, and uh, please check out uh, the previous episodes, if you haven't done so, please like, uh, uh, subscribe, share, subscribe, comment, blah, 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 the usual kind of leave things. A uh, leave a rating. Now, now you can leave ratings oh, okay. on Apple yes, Podcasts yes. and Spotify. So, so, so give us 10 stars or whatever. 15, <laughs> 10 stars. You know, yeah. don't, don't be shy. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure you be honest and give us the most stars as you know. So yep. <laughs> yep. So thanks a lot. We'll see you around next time. Take care and bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Ciao.